in here? Please. If you don't Please. mind. I didn't know this part of your story. And I think it's, you know, God don't make no mistakes, man. He just don't. in a year, but I can also make 80000 with overtime. That was like the top. A, that, that, number one, that's a big thing, but number two, yeah. you was working for Delta in Atlanta. You bruh, was like, bruh, that, that's... Bruh, that's like, you can walk in any club and girls, you got a job, we could travel. Oh, that was it. Like, I was, that was it. So I'm riding down the street, I grew up on Old National Highway, and this dude I went to school with flagged me down, like, stopped me, like, I mean, like, Pull over, pull over, pull over. I'm like, so I pull over, and he's like, yo, I need you to come to my house tonight. You know this guy? I know him because I went to school with him, but we just saw each other in school. We we spoke to each other, but it wasn't like we were friends. He didn't have my phone number. It was like, we just went to school together. We'll say what's up to each other. So he flagged me down. So he's like, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. So, we, so he's like, so he's call, he called me every day for a month. Like, yo, come to my house tonight. Cut up. But he called me late at night, like 11 o'clock. And it was like, it was really weird to me because I'm like, oh, like, why the hell is this dude calling me at night to come to his house? <laughs> like, I don't even know what he wants. And he's not telling me what he wants. He's being super cryptic. So my roommate, I'm like, yo, can you take me to George's house? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, bring a gun because I don't know what the hell he wants. So he brings me to his house. And he's like, he's playing, he's playing the keys and he's rapping and he's singing. And he's like, since we've been in school, every time you spoke, people listen. I'm quiet. If you could talk to people about what I'm doing, I think we can make a lot of money together. So I was like, fuck it, maybe this is, at the time, I'm looking for something. At the time, I'm searching for something. So at this moment, I'm like, shit, this is the moment for me. Like, maybe this is what God want me to do. So I dived in head first. And I was working a job and, you know, I was trying to come up and I just, my because of how I grew up, I didn't fear, like making fun of me meant nothing to me. Like you could clown my sneakers, it don't bother me. You can, you can clown my clothes, it don't bother me. It just, I mean, it, it didn't bother me because it, put like this, I'm not gonna say it didn't bother me, I was just numb to it. So I got made fun of for no reason. Mm -hmm. So imagine, so I don't mind getting made fun of if I'm trying to do something. Like I don't mind you calling me a clown if I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm cool with that. So for me, it was just, it was like the music play, the music business was the first time I felt like I could do this. Okay, stop there for a second. Are you okay. still working this full-time job at Delta? Yeah. Yeah. So still working. Yeah, so let me tell you what happened. So basically, I'm gonna tell you my first meeting. My father was alive at the time. He was dating this lady whose ex-husband was a and at Job Records. And the crazy part is that you don't even know I came up around you as a kid. I'm gonna tell you how. How about when, when you when I get a story, you're gonna be like, wow, I used to be around you all the time, by the way. Me? All the time. Go ahead. I'm gonna tell you how. But so the first thing is I'm working with this guy. So my 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 father's like, yo. Johnny May, her husband, his name Timmy Allen, he works for Job. So I'm like, can you set up a meeting? He's like, yeah, fly up. Like my father just wanted to see me fly up. So I flew up and I remember hanging out at my father's building until Tim finally called. And he would just, 
And then he wouldn't call, and then he would call Johnny Mays. He's like, that motherfucker going to answer the phone. I'm going to call that motherfucker. Dude, Raymond's son is here in town. You need to have a fucking meeting with him. So I knew he, you know, I'm 22 at the time. I know this guy don't want to meet me. Like, I know he don't want to meet me. I'm, I'm cool with that, by the way. So, so when I finally get to meet him, mind you, I worked at Delta. My days off is Tuesday and Wednesday. I would fly to New York. On, I flew to New York on a Monday night, and I stayed there till Wednesday pretty much before I got to leave to go home. So I remember flying to meet with him. We met. I walked in the house. Now, now this is how I know. This is when I knew I was good. So when I walk in the house, I'm 20, I think I'm 21 or 22. I walk in the house, and the first thing I realize is that he has friends in the room who are all trying to be in the music room. First thing hit my mind, like, he got his homies in here, and they trying to come up too. Why the fuck would he help me come up? So now I'm coming around like, yo, man, I got this artist. I'm thinking I'm going to play the music, and he's going to give me a million dollars. Me not knowing shit about the business. I play the music, and when I play the music, he was like, yo, that's good. Your guy is good working at it. Now, mind you, I done flew up here. I'm sitting around all fucking day waiting to meet two days straight when you meet this dude. Let me just tell me that. So, you know, as I'm playing the music, his man's is just like, you know how your friends are around. They don't give a fuck who you, what you doing. They're your friend. So I remember his man was like, yo, Timmy, I need to get this going. Yo, Timmy, I needed that going. I'm just listening. I'm like, this nigga is not going to care about what I need to do. I need to make this man care. So he was like, all right, man, well, look, it was nice to meet you, man. You know, you're really good guy i guess he's making my ex-wife happy cool whatever so i'm like cool so i'm leaving out and i'm like yeah man well i appreciate you i'm baiting him the whole time i'm baiting this nigga i'm like all right man well i'm about to leave man by the way i heard you just bought a house in atlanta because you just bought a mansion in the, in the a and he was like yeah i said i live in atlanta he's like oh, okay cool man well good to know that didn't work he didn't say hit me when i get to atlanta so i'm like this nigga. <laughs> i was like so i was like yeah man well i'm flying home today i might leave at eight might leave at nine call him he said, how do you do that? I said, oh, I work for Delta. You think you can help me do that? I was like, hell yeah. He was like, and at that moment, him and his friends start competing over who got my phone number. Mind you, I was like, nigga, I can help all y'all fly. He was like, nah, nah, y'all don't need to holler at him. Nah, hey, he my little nigga now. You take care of me and my family. And if you take care of me and my family, then you take care of them. Give me and my family break first. Of course, whatever you need. All I ask for in return is teach me when I'm going right or wrong. Just teach, mentor me. He was like, done. That was like my first intro. So after that, I got him, I got him passes. Like, dog, for the first year and a half of me even trying to be in the music industry, I was known as the buddy pass man. I remember talking to Jamie Foxx manager and him like, I got to fly this girl somewhere. Buddy pass. I don't even, I never met this guy, by the way. I don't, he don't even, but Timmy just is sending everybody to me. Yo, I got a homie, he managed Jamie Foxx, he want to get your number. Okay, yo, I got a homie, he works at, he's the head of um, A&R, this company, he wants your phone number. Done. So I became the guy that got all the industry guys' companion cards. Mm -hmm. I'm like the first guy that really started that. Like, I, I would charge you 1500 and all I would say to you is, hey man, just teach me, which, teach me if I'm doing wrong, if I ever need advice. Nigga, hell yeah, just give me and hook me up. I hooked everybody up. And then September 11th happened. September 11th happens, and then Delta, the airline industry crashes down. So then Delta is like, we don't want employees to come to work anymore. Don't come to work. Right? And then they was like, actually, we'll, we'll pay you if you leave. 
So I was like, well, shit, this must be my sign. Like, maybe this is the sign to go for something. So I remember I quit and I quit in 2000, I quit October 2001. And then, but I took a year seven package because I remember I was like, well, shit, let me just give myself a year. Like, I could hustle up rent money. Like, this might be my chance. Plus, I know all these guys in the music industry and they like me because they called me to get something done. I got it done. So I'm like, maybe this is my shot. Because the way Delta set it up, you could quit, but you could still fly. So I'm like, this is my sign. So fast forward, March, 2000, March 3rd, 2002, my father died. So what happened was, was Delta called me back to work like January. Like the airline industry was picking back up. We call in the year guys first, five-year guys second, 10-year guys third, and the guys who just quit for good, they we not calling them. So I'm a year guy. So they called me back two months later. And I was like, all right. So I, so I was like, yo, I can't work. My father's sick. My father had HIV. Mm-hmm. So I was like, my father's sick. So I used my father's HIV status to get time off. So Delta was like, all right, you're going to get your full year, but that year is up. You got to come to work. So I'm like, cool. So then my father dies March 3rd, 2002, two months later. Delta calls me. Sorry to hear that your father died, you know, because they had to do a monthly check-in. Sorry, April called me, April 1st. Sorry to hear that your father died. You got to come back to work. So I was like, oh. So my father passed away. That was like the most traumatic thing that ever happened to me. He was like the nicest human being on, on the earth, and he died. And now I'm going back to work. And I remember, dog, this is like the life-changing moment for me. I just remember going back to work and I remember my mom telling me, you wasn't going to make it anyway. Like you can't rap, you can't sing. You wasn't, you wasn't going to make it like go to Delta. You're going to make 60,000 a year in 10 years. You'll be good. Like that's what an adult does. So I remember for some reason I'm, I'm, I'm back at Delta for like a month, whole April into May. And I remember it just, for some reason, I don't know why this hit me. It was like, if Bill Cosby was my dad, would people expect me to work at Delta? It was like the wake up moment of my life. It was like, if Bill Cosby was my father, would people expect me to work for Delta? Because I work with Bill Cosby's son. The first thing I think is, what the fuck are you doing at Delta? And then I was like, I said low for me. Woo! That's their expectations of me. Woo! Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I want to hear the rest of this, but I got to stop you here. Go ahead. I got to stop you here because somebody is watching this. Somebody is listening to this on podcast form. Yeah. You had bigger dreams for yourself. You saw yourself, not where you were. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. I can't lie to you. I didn't have bigger dreams for myself because it still didn't seem like it was real. I just knew that. I wasn't gonna let what they wanted me to be become my life. Okay. I did not now now me being honest with you because I didn't even know I was gonna be something. I, my dream was still like what I'm gonna do with my life because but I'm not gonna be a fucking Delta work. Y'all not gonna tell me that Delta is my fucking thing. I didn't have a dream though. I just really had a I just really had because I think a dream you know where you wanna be. No, I think I just no. a goal. I, 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 okay. I disagree. I disagree. Okay, tell me. Because you you did have a dream. You knew your your existence was bigger than Delta. You knew that. 
That's true. I knew that I, I no, I felt like I felt like I didn't know what my existence was, but I'm okay with it being lower than Delta or higher than Delta based on me. Not necessarily because I'm gonna tell you the funny story. So I go into I go into now this is real talk. This is how God works. I go into that moment, I'm driving on a tug because I was a bag runner. When you land, you know, you're going from New York to Arizona and you got to fly through Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was the guy that picked your bag up from the air, from the plane at New York and took it to Arizona for us. So I was on the tug and I went to the black guy. His name was Philip Pryor. He was my supervisor at the time. And I was like, I got his name. He was like, man. And it might, maybe for all I know, he didn't want to talk to me that day. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I got a dream, and I think that it's something out there that I, I, I could do it myself. And he was like, how old are you, man? I said, I'm 22. He said, if you come back when you in five years, you'll be 27, and these people in the break room will still be here. And he was like, I'm not going to let you put in a two-week notice so you can think about it. Today's your last day. So he pushed me out the door. So it was one of those like, let me go talk to my superior. Let me go talk to a, a more successful black man who's making sixty thousand a year. You'll be back if you come back in five years. These people will still be here. You just be five years behind, but you're gonna work to get there. But today is your last day. I'm gonna tell them that you put in your two week notice. You're gone. Today's your last day. Well, damn, I ain't even get a chance to tell you what I could do. Well, he was like go. 